0: This is Life and Shit, the podcast, where we discuss anything and everything. My intention with this podcast is simple, to create authentic, raw, real, relatable, all-encompassing conversations about life that offer unique perspectives around what it means to live well, what it means to truly feel good, and how we can achieve these things. So thank you so much for being here, and let's get to this week's episode. and welcome to another episode of Life and Shit, the podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining me. It's been a while. It's been a while. So let's see if I even remember how to do this. But this seemed like a really good place to pick things back up. This is something, a topic that has been really relevant in my reality, and it's something that I get a lot of questions about, like why, how what's going on, all of those types of questions. So I wanted to create an episode where I could just go through all the bits and pieces of this journey that I've been on and explain what my what my motivation was in starting to eliminate alcohol from my life and how that's benefited me. So we're going to have a conversation all about why life is better without alcohol if you have been around for a while, you've probably heard me touch on this or talk about this in different uh, areas or different places, maybe on social media. It's something that I've grown really passionate about, and I also try and create community around a different way of existing. Our our society is so obsessed with alcohol, and it, drinking is so deeply ingrained into our traditions and our celebrations and people honestly treat you like you're weird if you don't want to poison yourself, Um, um, drink poison and disempower yourself. So this conversation is going to be how I got to this point, because also if you've been around a while, a while, you know that alcohol was like my life revolved around alcohol for a very long time. I was a party animal. I worked in bars and restaurants for many years. Um, My whole kind of persona was around being good at drinking, being a party girl, being a good time. Um, And that's all shifted. So I want to take you on the journey of how that all unfolded. Um, So yeah, coming from I mean, I started drinking, like, my relationship with alcohol started young, as I know, like, most of ours did. I think my first experience drinking was maybe I was, like, 15, 14. I remember specifically this, like, cherry whiskey that we had obviously stolen from someone's parents in our friend group. And we were all drinking it, and it was a big deal. And then I learned how to, like sneak a Mike's Hard Lemonade out of the fridge without my parents noticing, or take a little bit out of a certain bottle. Sorry, mom, if you're listening, um, or dad, but uh, that's just life, right? So that's how it started. And like through high school, binge drinking became the norm, like we would go to big parties. And everybody's goal was basically just to get fucked up. And I think probably most of us went through that period. And then coming out of high school, that only escalated. Like I actually didn't go to university right away. I took like four years off and I was in a relationship and we had a big friend group and we were all obsessed with partying. We would go on trips, houseboating every weekend. It's like, where are we going? What are we doing? And the norm was just to get absolutely out of your fucking mind wasted. I blacked out a lot. I was like a very bi- Uh, very like high functioning drunk people could rarely tell that I was even intoxicated but I could drink forever which is a really scary thing um and that carried me through like most of my 20s I ended up leaving that relationship like earlier on in my 20s was single for the first time Um, A lot of Vegas, (laughs) a lot of those types of trips, like Miami, like my life revolved around partying. I worked in bars. All my friends were bar friends, industry friends, party friends. It was like it had escalated to drinking like every night, getting wasted in the middle of the week often. Like it was all really normalized at the time. And then when I got to like my mid-20s, late th- late 20s, um, like 26, 27 is when I started to really become aware of the fact that like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like this is not aligning for me. My hangovers were absolutely debilitating. And I understand now something that I didn't understand then, which is I have a sleep disorder that's just been diagnosed in the last couple years, which means that I actually don't get uh, restful sleep, like REM sleep. So basically, I wake up feeling like I'm hungover on a good day. And then when I would add alcohol, especially like copious amounts of alcohol into that equation, I would be unable to function. I would be extremely anxious, extremely depressed, extremely physically ill. And that was... Something that I had come to terms with and normalized for myself, like this state of absolutely being like incapacitated. So eventually, seems like it took me way too long. Um, Eventually, I got to a point where I just couldn't do that to myself anymore, I realized. So I started to shift that behavior just naturally. Um, I also spent a few years in the corporate world where I thought that I was escaping, like I left my bar job to move into this corporate position in, you know, like, in an office, I'm like doing the nine to five life now, everything's gonna be easier. And actually the company that I manifested for myself had a party culture and there was a lot of drinking and actually a lot of peer pressure from like the management team. Um, And it was expected that you were going to drink wine in the afternoon on like a Thursday or Friday. And it really actually put me into a spiral of a new pattern of living for the weekend and then just getting out of control on the weekends again. So coming out of the corporate world, I decided to become a personal trainer. And that was a big part of my wellness journey, obviously. Like I had really come to prioritize my fitness and my wellness by that point. So that was when things started to gradually shift. And I really started to not feel so good about the shame that I would have around drinking or um, getting out of control So, to speak, Um, I also had a couple of experiences that kind of shocked me into realizing that, you know, I didn't really feel safe when I was drinking, especially around certain people and certain ex partners. Um, There were experiences that shocked me into taking alcohol out of my life for extended periods of time, which I do think ties into the story of kind of eliminating it. Because the very first, I would always do the sober months especially when I worked in the bar because it was just so excessive and it was everywhere and it was all the time and I would get to a place where I'm like I can't do this so I'm gonna do sober October dry January or whatever and sometimes I would succeed and sometimes I would fail right away I remember I tried to do like a sober June and I literally got wasted on June 1st one year when I worked at um the Irish pub uh Kaylee's anyways but um So those sober months were like coming from a really weird place. It was coming from like a need. It was coming from fear. It was coming from a place where I felt like I had to deprive myself because I was out of control. And even if I would succeed or I would complete the sober month, as soon as it was was over, there was like a, a slingshot reaction to that because it was it was coming from a place of restriction and deprivation i would then just go out and continue on my you know self-destructive path of just getting even more wasted and being even more excited about partying so it was just not coming from the right place um so i think in 2019 it would have been probably yeah 2019 um something happened that inspired me to remove alcohol from my life and I spent nine months in sobriety, and it was really hard. That was my first kind of stint. That was my first experience with going out um, sober and experiencing the world sober and learning how to cope and relate to the world in a new way. Um, That ended mostly because I was in a relationship at the time, and, you know, that person was not on the same path as me and um, we were like at Sparkling Hill during the summer and I was like, seems like a good time to like have a glass of champagne and then reintroduced alcohol to my life um, through that. But that nine months away from alcohol changed the way that I was relating to it quite a bit. I, na- I did not slip back into the habits of drinking regularly, but I did still have a problem of when I did engage, I was having a really hard time regulating at. I would still get out of control, which usually didn't have that many like real consequences, but sometimes it did. I, I don't, I think I've told this story in another podcast episode, but there was one example in particular and this was after that relationship ended and I was like really starting to like get into my spiritual healing and my journey and I was having a lot of clarity and I knew that drinking was not for me but I went on this group like friend trip where I actually didn't know the people all that well I was kind of brought through a friend who was friends with the group um and I was not into drinking but we arrived and it was like beer pong like right out the gate and the first night of the trip Uh, everyone was drinking and partying and I I had a couple drinks and then I actually went and put myself to bed I went and had a bath like brought my crystals and my book and was like so proud of myself and the next day everybody was day drinking and going to a brewery and I was like I'm not coming I don't want to day drink they were like come on we don't want to leave you we don't want like we don't want to go without you and so I ended up being like the intention seemed good. They wanted to include me. They didn't want me to sit home by myself, which is actually what I wanted to do. I self-abandoned in that moment, caved to the peer pressure, um, ended up getting intergalactically wasted that day. Um, the drinking continued from the morning into the afternoon, into the evening, and by the evening, I was completely blocked out. Um, I guess I had a habit of trying to like rear naked choke. <laughs> people and my friends like not actually choke them out but I thought it was funny to to try um so I tried to do that to my best friend who is uh quite a bit taller than me (laughs) and she was also really drunk and she fell to her knees and I went over her shoulders with my arms wrapped and I knocked my teeth out and I was like on an island or like I was kind of in a remote area I was wasted and I was with a bunch of people I didn't know That was pretty much my rock bottom when it comes to drinking. And that was um, an especially devastating experience for me because I had already come to terms with the fact that the party life was done for me. Like I, I had moved past that and the universe tested me and I failed that test. But it's through failing our tests sometimes that actually gives us the the. Fuel and the motivation to continue on our path. And that's something that I notice a lot of my clients struggle with is like, oh, I fell off track. Oh, no, I did it again. And it's like we learn through positive reinforcement and also through falling off track. Like sometimes we have to suffer and sometimes we have to put ourselves through it in order to actually reaffirm that we're on the right path. So that's one thing that I would say if you're on this journey or you're sober curious or you're trying to renegotiate your relationship with alcohol, don't beat yourself up when shit happens. There are consequences to drinking alcohol. Sometimes they are simply energetic or physical or whatever, and sometimes they're traumatic. And that was a traumatic one for me, but it really bolstered into my memory and my understanding. I am not ever fucking doing this again. So from there, I just started to like really avoid alcohol. Um, I would have a couple drinks, went, like go out once in a while, and I would still once in a while get carried away. But as I gained momentum in my sobriety journey, when I would get carried away, the shame and the guilt of how that would make me feel was debilitating. My hangovers were less debilitating physically and energetically it would stay with me for literally weeks. Like, obviously, I would take a few days to get back to my physical health, <laughs> but the the energy that that would create, it would lower my vibration so much that it would take me literally weeks to feel okay and feel like myself again. And that's something that I think we need to really understand about alcohol. It lowers your vibration. Actually, it makes a difference in terms of where your energy is to begin with. If you've spoken with me or you're my client or you're in my community, you'll probably understand this idea of the emotional scale. It helps us understand our energies. So the very bottom of the emotional scale is fear and the top is love and all of our human emotions fall on that scale somewhere in between. Um, And we all have kind of a baseline. They're somewhere on that scale where we live. The lower vibration emotions are things like anger, sadness, shame, guilt, fear, anxiety, worry all of that type of feelings. And then the higher vibration emotions are appreciation, gratitude, love, excitement, inspiration, those types of feelings. So everybody kind of has a different place where they calibrate on that scale. And it this is science. Like we all have a frequency, right? Like we are our energy. We are our emotional state that we exist in day to day. So you can change your vibration moment to moment by doing certain things. And you can also change your Your vibration, you can recalibrate where you live on that emotional scale through making consistent, sustainable changes in the way that you think and the way that you live. And that's what my programs help my clients achieve, which is so cool to watch, like to see someone show up on Zoom week after week and their energy is literally recalibrating. And when you recalibrate, so does your reality, because that's how the law of attraction works, right? Like attracts like, and that really depends on your frequency and where you are on that emotional scale. All of that is to say, alcohol also calibrates on that emotional scale. And depending if you're a low vibration person or a high vibration person, alcohol is going to make you feel different. That's why when I was a low vibration person, I was working in bars, I was really insecure, my self-worth was low, I was jealous a lot, I was angry a lot, I was not in a good place emotionally, mentally, alcohol made me feel better. And then a few years later, as I was on my journey and I worked hard on recalibrating myself and growing and learning and understanding myself and healing and all of that stuff, I have recalibrated to a higher vibration. When I started drinking, I was like, why does this feel bad to me now? This used to be my favorite thing. Why does this not feel good in my body? Why do I not enjoy the feeling of being intoxicated anymore? What's going on? And then when I heard this concept of how alcohol affects people differently depending on their vibration, I was like, okay, this makes sense. And knowing this information, why would I knowingly lower my vibration? Every time I would consume alcohol, my vibration would lower so much. I mean, it might increase temporarily right like that night it's like woo and you use all your dopamine and serotonin and then you have to recuperate for weeks or days after that it's not worth it that by definition by my definition of self-sabotage is self-sabotage at its finest because it feels like a solution in the moment yay it's fun it takes the edge off I hear that from my clients all the time oh I just need a glass of wine in the evening to take the edge off it doesn't take the edge off. It just feels like it does in that moment and it actually lowers your vibration and sets you up for even more failure tomorrow. It makes everything harder. So let's zoom out and let's look at the big picture and let's call it what it is, which is self-sabotage. Understanding this and through the next few years of my journey, when I became so intentional about my energy and raising my vibration and protecting myself energetically and emotionally, I just could not justify doing that to myself anymore. It did not make any sense. It was not It was no longer coming from a place of restriction, deprivation, from fear. It was just like, wait a minute. I fucking love my life. I love my sober conscious experience. I love the way that I feel in my body and in my mind. And this experience of putting alcohol in my body is taking that away from me. And I will not participate in that anymore. So I went probably two years where I like wasn't drinking and I would only kind of fall into that trap of self of that trap of self-sabotage in certain circumstances, mostly based on people pleasing tendencies. So that would sometimes be if there were a guy involved and us hanging out, you know, if drinking made that easier, I would do that, right? <laughs> Crazy to like speak that and think about that in that way, but that's what was happening. Or um, in family situations, my parents really enjoy wine and that type of stuff, so I would make exceptions. So, oh, I'm in Mexico with my parents, I should have a beer, I should have a margarita. It's always based in the shoulds or like meeting other people's needs or trying to make myself fit into a situation better, which is sad to think about, and I think a lot of people relate to that. I got to a point where I recognized that that was happening, and I'm like, listen, I'm fucking done. There's no exceptions to this rule. There's Nobody actually wins when I lower my vibration and put myself into this cycle. If it has to do with like dating, yes, learning how to date sober is a journey because you have to be authentic. You have to be vulnerable. There's no social lubricant. There's no taking the edge off. You just have to be who you are, and you have to own it. That's uncomfortable, but once you get past the initial discomfort of that, it's so beautiful, and it saves you a lot of bullshit because you know so much is getting lost in translation when you're building a connection with someone and you're intoxicated all the time. It's not real, and you know it changes the dynamic in friendships. It cha- might change your dynamic in your family, but none of that is for the worse. You just have to push through the initial discomfort of doing something differently and also breaking the mold because like the majority of society wants to either disassociate numb certain feelings because they don't have the right tools to process and manage and regulate those emotional experiences or they simply are in a lower vibration state so when they do drink it does make them feel better which is unfortunate, but it also makes sense. But as you can see in each of those scenarios, there is a better way, right? And that's the other thing about self sabotage. Don't judge yourself because right now, whatever you're doing, and like this goes for any version of self sabotage, not necessarily just drinking alcohol, but what you're doing is meeting your needs, kind of. Like there is a method to your madness. You're not just out in the world, like being destructive with no purpose. You are actually. Attempting to take care of yourself through whatever that self-sabotage behavior is. But the thing is, there's a better way. There's a better way with no negative consequences. And it takes some self-exploration and some radical honesty and some willingness to explore different ways of being to actually unlock that ability to navigate these different situations without the negative consequences. Like, if it's anxiety and stress that's getting you drinking... We need to like look at <laughs> we need to take a different approach. We need to maybe be doing some breath work and some meditation and learn different ways to actually blow off some steam, go to boxing, like go for a run, like all of these things that are actually going to empty your energetic container and set you up for success versus just numbing it and then setting yourself up with even more stress the next day, right? If your vibration is low and you need to drink to feel better, That's not a real solution. You need to figure out why you're feeling low. You need to tap into your purpose. What excites you? Like connecting with your inner child and creating more play and playfulness and lightheartedness in your life and tapping into your passions and doing things that actually fucking excite you and make you feel good instead of just continuously perpetuating that cycle of self sabotage through drinking. One topic that I've talked about a lot too is like this, this normalization of drinking to celebrate. And when we really break that down and we look at that, what the fuck? Are you kidding? If that like doesn't blow your mind, I don't know what will because think about it this way. Something positive happens and we're on this like upward tra- trajectory on the emotional scale. I'm in excitement. Wee. Like even if you're a low vibration person right now and there's nothing wrong with that. We all have those periods of our life. If you're a low vibration in a low vibration state and something exciting happens, yay, now you're in a high vibration. Excitement and joy are high vibration emotions. Let's fuck that up. Let's put poison in our body and bring that vibration back down to where it was before. To, and probably even worse, the next day. Can, can this make sense? Like, make that make sense? It almost leads me to feel like society needs to disempower us through normalizing the drinking of alcohol. Because what happens if everybody is just on this up, 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 constantly raising their vibration and constantly feeling better and constantly feeling empowered? Oh, no, then chaos because the systems would not function the way that they're functioning now, right? So it's almost like we have to have this upper limit, not too much joy, not too much inspiration. Don't feel too good. Make sure that you drink alcohol and have a hangover tomorrow because that's going to keep you on the same path that you've been on instead of this path of actually seeing your fucking potential and living a life that feels good. Pretty crazy. That is the reason why my life is better without alcohol. It has allowed consistency in all areas of my life. Instead of feeling good, 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 and then, oh, fuck, I went out on Friday night and now I feel like I have to start from scratch, I just get to continuously evolve, continuously expand, and continuously grow, which isn't that what we're after? This roller coaster of, you know, drinking or especially binge drinking, like, I used to not feel normal in the week until, like, Wednesday when I worked in that office job. It would take me until Wednesday to feel human again. And then by Thursday or Friday, the cycle continues, right? So it's fucking madness. Like, I've been so much more consistent in my nutrition, of course, right? Even if you just have a few drinks, like, you make different nutrition choices the next day based on your body's needs because you just poisoned it and it's, like, struggling to feel okay. So my nutrition, my fitness, I never miss workouts anymore. My my motivation and my inspiration is consistent as it can be. I mean, we as women are cyclical beings as well. So we're already fighting this clock of like good energy, low energy periods. Why complicate that for yourself? Like why complicate that? It's already complicated. You already have to like be tracking your cycle and know when you're gonna feel social and when you're gonna feel motivated and when you're gonna feel inspired and when you're gonna have the energy and when you're not. So imagine wasting that part of your cycle where your energy is good in a hangover. That's terrible. I will never, ever, ever, ever sacrifice that that period of my month, that first 10-ish days or whatever of our follicular phase of our cycle. I don't play with that. And if you're not tracking your cycle, you got to start. I have a free um, cycle syncing workbook that I would love to send you, so send me a DM if you want that. But everything in my life is more consistent. My business, my income, my mental health so much more stability, and it just really stopped making sense at all for me to engage in something that I genuinely do not enjoy. Society wants me to think that I enjoy it, and I don't. I don't. I'm not sure if I ever did. I mean, I don't regret the party girl version of myself because do not get me wrong, I had a very good time. It was very fun, and I made a lot of wild ass memories, enough for like several lifetimes. And now I'm okay being in this like, quote unquote, boring version of my life because I actually like the the boringness of the stability and the consistency that I have in my life right now. The other big piece is um, the myth that you need alcohol to have fun. I can still go out. I mean, I don't go out often because. I also really value my sleep and my, my consistency in my sleep schedule and making sure that I'm getting that good rest, especially because I am, you know, someone who has sleep apnea. And if I don't get my rest, I'm so much more tired than the average person. Like I have chronic fatigue, um, extreme fatigue. So I don't go out often, but I can go out. I've been to concerts. I've been to concerts alone and sober, and they were the best experiences Some of the best experiences of my life. Because guess what? Do you know how many music festivals and concerts I have paid for? Like, flown across the world for? And like, have virtually no memory of? Because I was so lit. I've been to so many concerts, so many festivals. And it's just a waste. Because you're not present. You're not consciously aware of what's going on. The concerts that I have been to sober in the last year, or... I guess I haven't even mentioned. It's been... 15 months-ish at this point since I've had any alcohol. I last had a drink and it wasn't like turning up but I last had a drink just before the holidays in 2021 and it right now today is March 2023. So it's been over a year. It's been about a year and a quarter since I last had a drink Um, and through that period I have done so many fun things. I've had way more fun like true soul fun than I have ever had in my life like being at those concerts and just being able to soak in the energy and the presence of those artists um, especially like like some of my female like R&B soul artists they're goddesses I want to be fully present and I want to fully soak that in and I don't even want to be with anyone because I just want to fully be in that experience and enjoy it to the fullest um, I've been to parties, I've been, you know, I've done it all and there's nothing wrong with just being yourself and being sober. And it's actually inspired a lot of people in my life and in my community to, to take a look at their own relationship to alcohol, which is not a negative thing. One other thing, well, I have two really important other things that I want to mention around this topic and around this journey, my specific journey with this is, it is hard if nobody in your world is doing it with you or has has walked the path before you. And one of my very best friends um, has been in sobriety for like several years, and she took made the decision to become sober long before I did. And so I didn't really realize it at the time, but she made sobriety look really beautiful. She made it look really easy. Not easy because she was very very dedicated to her journey and the work that it required to secure herself in a different lifestyle but she made it look graceful and she made it look good and while i was still in this like chaotic state she was just figuring her shit out and she made it look she inspired me and i didn't consciously recognize that until just you know more recently that having someone in your world who had has gone before you and who has figured it out and who is making it look appealing is a huge factor. And unfortunately, not everybody has that. And that might have to be you. You might have to be that person in your group. And you have to want it bad enough. And you have to know that you are worthy of living your best fucking life. And that might not include alcohol. And you doing that is going to be so impactful and so inspiring to the people in your life. So shout out to shout out to my friend. I won't, I won't say your name, just Because, but like, I I love you and I appreciate you, and I'm so thankful. And I'm so, and still to this day, so inspired by the life that you've built for yourself and the dedication that you have shown to, you know, securing your best life by any means necessary and like being cutthroat about it you know like it's not easy to step outside the societal norms and to put yourself first but doing so is so rewarding and i'm so thankful that i was able to watch someone so close to me navigate that first the second thing that i want to say is eliminating alcohol got easier when i started microdosing mushrooms okay So I do not drink alcohol and I do not do drugs, but I do microdose mushrooms and I have another episode all about that. Check that out if you want to learn more about that. It's a bit old now, but it still has a lot of good information because I've now been microdosing mushrooms for about three years, semi-consistently, less consistently since I've been traveling, but um, still, still pretty consistently and it has made a massive difference for me in terms of my anxiety, which was... A massive contrib- contributing factor to my inclination to j- drink so much in the first place. I had no awareness of that at the time, but it was my coping mechanism. Um, so instead of just like throwing a band-aid on that coping mechanism, when I started microdosing mushrooms, my anxiety disappeared. Like I am not an anxious person, person the way that I used to be. So That played a huge role in that. But also the thing that happened when I started microdosing is microdosing raises your vibration. Just like alcohol calibrates on that spectrum, so do psychedelics, psilocybin, and it's much higher vibration. Like it's the top of the scale. It's unconditional love, baby. It's enlightenment. It's like, that's what we're after. So of course, it's like a temporary feeling of like euphoria, but it actually heals your brain versus actually killing your brain which alcohol does right like I'm not even in this episode gonna get into what alcohol is actually doing to your brain there's so much to that and I'm not a neuroscientist but let's just say it's not fucking good guys like if you value your brain and you value your body be very careful what you put in your body of course right so psilocybin actually creates new neural pathways and helps us to like heal and grow the brain in a productive way So it helped me to stop feeling anxious in the first place and just feel more connected to myself. I've worked really hard, obviously, not obviously, but I've worked really really hard on personal development and getting to know myself. Um, But I've also been microdosing mushrooms at the same time. So I think both are, you know, key players in this journey. I personally don't know what it would have been like to do one without the other. But I can say that working with both of those things together has been life-changing game-changing like I I'm so so grateful for the shift that I've seen in myself and the the recalibration like my vibration is entirely different than it was even three five years ago so noticing that change noticing that I could microdose and that I could actually like increase my vibration that way I can have fun I have way more fun, I'm way more playful, I'm way more authentic, I'm way more comfortable. I can put myself in any situation and feel okay and allow myself to enjoy that without needing alcohol. So that that was really helpful, it's not necessary, but for me it was really helpful. So as you can see, there's a lot of factors here. Like, life for me, and for many, is just so much better when... and. Another thing worth mentioning is like a lot of people that I talked to were like, yeah, like I barely drink anymore, like I barely drink. And I was in that place, too. And what helped me to like make the full decision to just remove it, which has given me so much peace mentally because it's like. There's no more guess. There's no more like back and forth or guesswork involved. It's not like am I going to drink here and not here and like how many drinks am I going to have? Like there's so much anxiety behind that in trying to figure out how I was going to navigate certain situations, when I was going to drink, when I was going to not drink. Just removing it has been so so much so beneficial for me and it feels so much better. Um it just makes it easy, but I also recognize that Those situations when I was engaging were people pleasing. Like I said, it was like for a guy or for my friends or for my family. And it wasn't for me. I wasn't doing it because I genuinely wanted to do it. It's like you'd go to a birthday party and it'd be like, well, I should drink because everyone's drinking. And that's fucking stupid. Honestly, that's so dumb. That's like I said earlier, that's abandoning yourself. That's people pleasing. That's putting other people in front of your own best interest and we're not doing that. Fuck that. It's 2023. Figure it out and keep those boundaries strong. If it doesn't feel good, don't do it. If it's not serving you, don't do it. That goes for everything, not just alcohol, but it was that that shift for me and that final like saying goodbye that really made all the difference. And there's it's not the most comfortable transition I think it took me nine or ten months to like know how to answer the question like why aren't you drinking I would get weird about it and I would be like I don't know I just don't I'm not drinking right now like it's not forever (laughs) I don't not drink like I was like justifying it in like that type of a weird way because I didn't want people to think I was weird for not drinking and then I finally like felt grounded in my truth enough to be like yeah I don't drink I don't like it I don't enjoy it I don't do it anymore yeah, no, I don't drink. I, I'm i good. Like, I actually prefer not to, right? And speaking that truth. So it's such a journey to make the decision to even not drink sometimes. I know that that's something that people get a little bit tripped up with too and it's like you're going to a party and you're not drinking and people are going to question you and they're going to think something's wrong and you have to let go of all of that fear of being questioned and being judged and being the weirdo because there's nothing weird about wanting the best for yourself and I don't care I will argue with whoever wants to argue about this alcohol doesn't make you your best self it doesn't it doesn't. Whatever you think you're getting from alcohol, that's an illusion. And if it's a personality trait, you think that you're more outgoing, you think that you're more confident, you think that you're funnier, that's a, that's a fucking illusion. And whatever it is that you're seeking, you can cultivate that within yourself, right? You can do it sustainably and truly and honestly. You can create that change within yourself. It exists. It just needs some nourishing and some encouragement and some practice. So stop fucking lying to yourself. I have to say, I have to be like brutally honest in the fact that this is a habit. I don't I don't typically endorse extremes like everything in moderation. But I heard actually one of the one of the primary neuroscientists that we look up to, I think it was Joe Dispenza, but I'm not sure. It might have been Dr. Amen. When you say everything in moderation, it probably means that you're about to sabotage yourself. It probably means that you're about to make a decision that is not in your not in alignment with your highest good, right? That's like something that we say to justify a certain type of behavior. So if you're thinking about this type of topic in moderation, why? Why does this have to be in moderation? Why can't you just choose yourself and your health and your wellness and your mental health and your energy Every time when it comes to something like this, like this is the one of the only areas in my in anyone's life that I would recommend exploring the extreme because there's no downside to not consuming alcohol. And I'm speaking personally and I've seen it in other people and I'm watching my clients navigate this and it's just a beautiful fucking thing. Unfortunately, society wants us to believe that there is some benefit to getting drunk or consuming alcohol and that's a scam. We haven't even talked about the fact that you save so much money and that is what this all comes down to in a sense right like society wants our money that's why they program us in these certain ways that's why they want us to believe that we're not good enough we're not smart enough we're not pretty enough all of these limiting beliefs that society puts into our mind so that we spend our money in certain ways if you stopped spending money on alcohol think about all the things you could invest in and all the ways you could invest in yourself there is no upside and if you think that there is i really genuinely encourage you to message me and let me know what that is because i would love to actually hear it and i would love to have a conversation about if i'm missing something here because i'm pretty sure i'm not but i'm always open to having like an open-minded honest conversation i love that so reach out if you think i'm wrong here i feel like you probably wouldn't be listening anymore if you didn't agree at least a little bit but Let's have a discussion. And if you're open to having a discussion and you're interested in this conversation, each month, the last Thursday of every month, I host a totally free community call. We call it the Retired Party Girl virtual meetup. And it's not just for girls, it's for everybody. But it's a conversation about alcohol of like of any sort. It doesn't matter, you don't have to be sober, you don't have to be like, it's not about like being in recovery, nothing like that. It's just an open-minded... I mean, if you are in recovery, awesome. You're obviously more than welcome. We would love to have you. But even if you're still a party animal, we would also love to have you. It just is about bringing people together with the common thread, motiva- motivation, of exploring this relationship that we have with alcohol and learning how to live our best possible life, a conscious existence, our highest vibration life. So... If you are interested in joining that, I will put some information about that in the call notes, but if you follow me on Instagram, I post about it each month as well, and we would love to have you. But yeah, this is, I think I've covered everything mostly that I wanted to share and discuss in this episode. It really just is about me sharing why, my motivation, what got me here, and why I plan on honestly probably never having a drink again in my entire life, and I can say that with confidence. If that's something that you want for yourself, reach out to me because we can do a lot of work around these self-sabotage behaviors, um, the emotional regulation, figuring out how to raise your vibration sustainably so that you don't feel tempted by something that isn't serving you. And that goes for everything, not just alcohol. Okay, guys. Well, I feel like that is quite complete. At least for this discussion, I would love to hear from you guys. I hope that you found this valuable, helpful, or insightful in some way. You know where to find me: um, Riley Murtha Coaching on Instagram, or Riley Ann M is my personal account. My website is www.rileymartha.com. I have lots of programs and lots of options to help you explore the root of this this issue of why you want to drink in the first place. Because if you were living your happiest, most fulfilling, most joyful life, it would not tempt you anymore. It would not make sense. I've watched my clients go through this process. A lot of them. And it's really cool. So if you're interested in living a more conscious experience, if you want to be more present in your life and not need to rely on anything to make you feel okay, you're not alone. And it's not fucking weird, so don't let society make you feel weird for not wanting to drink poison. I love you guys. Have a wonderful day or a wonderful evening. Thank you for listening and we will see you soon on the next episode.